0: honor all of those who served in the military, Um, tomorrow's Veterans Day. So if you would, any who has served, would you please stand up for a moment so that we can recognize all of you for your service and and, uh, give you a hand. (laughs) Bill, too. And and, uh, we've got a current uh, guy right here. Go ahead and stand up because I haven't formally got to get your name yet. Jeremy. Jeremy. And you're in South Korea? Okay, he he just got back from uh, South Korea. Mm -hmm. So thank you for your service. Uh, You know, David, he was a mighty warrior for the Lord. And um, he wrote this psalm. And actually, I got a t-shirt that says warrior on the front and this psalm on the back. My wife wouldn't let me wear that today. She said, you can't wear a t-shirt up there. You wear your camo so Tanya can't find you whenever you're walking around. (laughs) But uh, he wrote this this verse, and it's for all of those who were in the service. It says, uh, blessed be the Lord, my rock. He is the one who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He is my loving kindness and my fortress. My high tower and my deliverer. He is my shield and the one in whom i take refuge and he subdues my people under me david is a great warrior for god i'm sure all of you were great warriors for god in your service and and thank you for that and um, now as we get ready to go into our lesson i want to i want to pray and father we thank you for this beautiful day thank you most of all for your son jesus thank you for that grace and love And Father as we open up your holy word that your spirit has given to those who wrote and inspired them it says that every word is God breathed and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction and righteousness that the men of God might be perfect and so Father we pray that as we open this up that we can understand it so that we can rightly divide the word of truth. So that we will know it and understand it. But the big thing is is you've given it to us. So that it can help us in life. That it will apply to the things in our daily needs. And we pray that as we take a look at Moses. One of your warriors. That you will allow us to see some of the things that went on there. And take them into our life. And all of these things are written. So that we might believe. And that we might use them. And so Father in faith we pray that we can have understanding of what you wanted us to know from this section of scripture and and we ask this in the name of Jesus amen if you want to go ahead and turn in your scriptures to Exodus chapter 2 that's where we're going to be and I'm going to give you a little joke I heard this week while while you're turning there and it was about a, a preacher who got hired to uh, go to a, uh, another congregation and well his first weekend he got up there and he only talked for five minutes that's kind of where I went this morning on that five minutes before we go back there. But uh, he, he talked for about five minutes and half the congregation was like, hallelujah, they answered our prayers. And, and the other ones was like, hmm, wonder why it was only five minutes, you know. Well, we'll wait and see next week what's happening. So he gets up there the next week, 30 minutes on the nose. I mean, start, to finish, dot. And they're like, that's more like it. And uh, that's, that's about where we want it. Well, third week. He gets up there, he talks for two and a half, three hours. I mean, on and on and on and just rambling and people's like looking at the clocks and looking at their watches and and doing all kinds of stuff. But he just keeps talking and finally ends about two and a half, three hours and uh, elders come up to him and, and said, hey, we want to talk to you. What's going on? First week, you was five minutes. Next week, you was 30 minutes. This week's two and a half hours what what kind of trend are we looking at here what's what's really happening he said i'm sorry i'm so sorry let me explain to you let me tell you what what happened and and i apologize but he said when you hired me before i came my dentist said you need all all those teeth pulled and we got to get you some some plates made and he says when i came that first week i was in so much pain i could only go about five minutes and that was my limit and i had to stop and i apologize last week my dentures fit real good and i was able to talk about my normal he said this week though this is with everything i got running behind and i was quickly coming and i grabbed my wife's dentures by mistake <laughs> i apologize i apo- like i said i heard it <laughs> i didn't make it up but he said it won't happen again I apologize (laughs) oh there went something that bird duck all right book Exodus chapter 2 this morning I want to ask you it might seem like a silly question right now but maybe at the end of this it won't seem so silly would you want to spend a night with some frogs I mean a lot of frogs not with just one I mean thousands would you want them all over you and around you and inside of everything? Would you want to spend a night with the frogs? All right, well, think about that as we go through this lesson, all right. Let's begin in, in verse 11 of chapter 2, if you would. And here we find that Moses is now a grown man. We, we heard the story about how he was a baby and they were killing the babies. And so Mama hit him, Jacobet hit him, put him in the bulrushes, and the Pharaoh's daughter adopted him. Well, now he's a grown man, and he's, he's out here, and he's looking, and he knows about his Hebrew heritage, and it says he goes out to look upon the Hebrews. that's his heritage, and he sees one of his Egyptian people beating on one of the Hebrew men. And so it says this. It says that Moses, when he saw that, says that he looked this way, and he looked that way, and when he saw that nobody was watching, he went and struck that Egyptian, and he actually killed him. And then it says he buried him in the sand and covered him over with it. Now, the first thing I got to thinking of when I read that was this If I'm thinking about doing something, and I got to look this way and I got to look that way and see if nobody's looking before I do it, maybe I oughtn't to be doing it. Maybe I oughtn't even be thinking about it before I do it. So, Moses did all that but I want to tell you something he might have thought nobody was looking but guess who's always watching God's always seeing it we kind of lose sight of that when when we're in the heat of a moment and we start getting emotional about something and we look this way and we look that way we forget about looking up don't we to see if oh God's always there and he's always watching you know it says in Job chapter 34 and verse 21 That God's eyes are upon the ways of the man and he sees every step that we take. He's watching every step of the way that we go and knows what we're doing. In Proverbs 15 and verse 3 it says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place. He's watching the evil and the good that we do. So that's something I need to know. Is that not only do I need to look this way and that, but I need to look up. Before I begin to do anything that I'm going to do now when Moses did that that wasn't a righteous thing he wasn't condoned for murdering the Egyptian now there's a difference between hi miss page (laughs) was you wanting saying happy birthday to come here she's down and around Ron would you just stand up from there because this sweet young thing, I want you to stand up here so they can see you. I want you to look at this dress and this young lady. She's seven years old. So, and it's Joni's birthday too. She came from the back. So, um, we're going to go ahead and, and this is for you guys. Ron's going to sing. Birthday, hun I promised her that. Anyway, what Moses did wasn't condoned. There's a difference between murder and killing, there's a different word used for each one. So, in, in, the, in the Bible on the Ten Commandments that Moses is going to be given in chapter 20 of Exodus, see, the law's not in effect yet and scripture says in the new testament in romans when paul's talking about situations like this he said that before the law sin was in the world but there was no uh like punishment nothing happened because without a law you cannot do something about it but when a law is in effect that's when you can so that's why god handled things at first like what he did with cain when he did abel but there's a different and a different word used for between murder and killing whenever we go into battle in the armed forces it's a god-ordained thing to protect your nation your country your family and your freedom and that's a different word that's used than in the the new uh in the ten commandments it doesn't say thou shall not kill it's the word for murder it says thou shall not murder so There's a big difference, and I want everyone to be aware of that because what we have to do in a military-type situation is an honorable thing. But anyway, Moses didn't. But you know what? Moses is going to now run away because he goes out the next time, and he uh, he sees two of his own Hebrews fighting each other, and he tries to break them up and asks them what they're doing. And they, they looked at him and said, who made you a lord or a judge over us? Uh, we didn't. Uh, are you going to kill me like you did the Egyptian? <whistles> now he has to back up because he thought that what he did was secret. But now he knows, even these guys know, probably Pharaoh knows, and I'm going to have to be on the run because he's probably going to seek to kill me. And he does. And uh, it says in the scripture that Pharaoh now was setting out to kill him. So he runs and he goes across the desert he goes all the way over to a place called Midian and on the way there he repents of what he did I'm pretty sure because we're going to see in a moment what happens when he gets there and then there's a couple of New Testament verses that teach you that as well but he's had a long talk with the Lord on his way over there and he is now a changed person by the time he gets there you know uh, I want you all to be aware of this little teaching point, too, with that, because Moses went on to be a great man, didn't he? God used him, he wrote the Ten. You know what? His anger was a problem there at first. It was his anger and his emotion that got him on that Egyptian. But you know what? Later on, God says that there's not a meeker man than Moses. I speak to him face to face. There's not a meeker man, so we know he changed. True repentance is to completely change your mind. On what you're going to do. It's not just okay. I'm going to speak Christ. But not change and live it. Moses completely changed who he was. And that's important because. Even though he. Ended up being a murderer like that. God forgave him when he asked. He went on to lead his children out of Egypt. He wrote the five books of the, the first five books of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy for God. And then God gave him the Ten Commandments and had him up there on the mountain with him for those 40 days. Point is this. Moses on that trip across there not only asked for forgiveness. But he was able to forgive himself, wasn't he? You have to be able to forgive yourself as well. Don't keep a guilt complex going on. That's like wearing iron chains bounding you up. With something that God's already released and let go. I want you to know that you are supposed to release those things. Turn it back. You ask. He forgave. It's over. It's in the past. Moses did not allow that to rob him of his joy of the rest of his life and of the purpose that he was going to be set forth to do so give it up turn it loose like he did he's not the only one that we have an example of that the apostle paul whenever he was saul of tarsus he was going around and he was imprisoning he was murdering he held the coats for those who killed the first martyr of christendom in uh stephen whenever they stoned him you know what he writes in in philippians chapter three He writes this, Brethren, I don't count it to myself that I have apprehended anything, but this one thing that I do. Forgetting those things which are behind me, I'm reaching forward to those things that are ahead of me. And I always tell you, you got a bigger windshield than you do a rearview mirror, and that's why. Why? Because we are supposed to be looking forward and looking ahead and not behind. I let go of those things that are behind and I push forward and reach for those things that are still ahead of me that are in Christ Jesus. Not only that, he tells Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 13. He said, you know what? I used to be a blasphemer of God. I blasphemed the God of heaven. I was an accuser i was one who imprisoned people and had them murdered for being a christian and i was also an insolent man i looked that up because i didn't know what insolent man i thought it was like insulation but insolent meant i was rude and i was just a no good person to everybody arrogant that i came in contact with and he said that he said not only that but i attained mercy Even though I was like that in my life and I had all those things, I obtained mercy and grace from our Lord, which is exceedingly abundant. And then he says this in verse 15. This is a faithful saying. Now, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit of God is writing to us right now, and he wants you to know something. If you're a person that you think that you are worse than Paul, he says, I want you to know something. It's a faithful saying. It's worthy of all acceptance, and that is this. He says I, that I am the chiefest of sinners and Christ came to save sinners. He came into this world to save those who have sinned. When he says I am the chief sinner, I want to tell you how that's written. The word chief means head. Like you got a tribe of people and you're the chief, you're the leader, you're the head. You're the biggest one in the tribe. That's what this word means. He is the chief of the tribe of sinners, which is you and I. We're all sinners and come short of the glory of God. But he says, I'm the chief. I've done more than you've done. And God was abundantly graceful because Jesus Christ came into this world to die for sinners of whom I am chief. If he can do it for him, he did it for Moses. He forgave Paul. He forgave David who did all kinds of stuff but yet what he was a man after god's own heart so don't allow guilt to rob you of your joy and your purpose in life that god has set before you break free and you reach forward like paul says here and go forget those things that are behind you and reach on for it now back to our text in exodus chapter 2 Moses had murdered the Egyptian and that next day they said all that to him. And he takes off to running. And he goes and he flies to Midian. And this is why we kind of know he's already had that little talk with God. Because it says he's sitting by a well. And he's sitting there and these seven young ladies come walking down to the well. Their father is a man in this chapter called Ruel, And in the next chapter it says Jethro. Uh, Ruel means friend of God. So these are seven daughters of a friend of God. A man after God. He's a priest of Midian. And he sees them come. And they start to get ready to water their father's flock. And the next thing you know. This band of renegade shepherds comes down. And they start to run off these ladies. And push their stuff out of the way. So that they can water their stuff. You know what Moses does? Does what any good warrior of God does. He stands up. He stood up to him. It's the same word that says Cain arose over his brother Abel, but it means to stand up for something against an enemy. But we don't read that he did like he did with the Egyptian here, do we? I mean, if the, he got mad at the Egyptian for doing what he was doing, how much more for what this band was doing to seven young ladies? So this time he did only what was necessary to run them off. So he's been changed. He's a changed man, and he not only does that, he's a gentleman. After he runs them off, he brings up the water and shares it with them and their flock. And so the ladies, they all go back, and they they come bouncing in the house, and you know what dad says? Didn't take you very long today to do your chores. Did you do them all? What's going on? How how'd you get done so quick? And they said, you would never believe it. We were down there watering the flock, and this band of shepherds came and they started running us off but this man this Egyptian he stepped up and he ran them off and he not only did that he watered our flock for us and he pulled it up so that we didn't have to and that's why we got here so early and he says well where is he where's this man like didn't you invite him in for victuals? didn't I raise you better than that (laughs) show the man some hospitality bring him in and let's feed him some bread and let's talk to him well it says that They did that. They got him. and Moses came in. You know what them next verses says. It says not only did he eat bread with them. It says that he found contentment. In living there with this priest of Midian. And the priest of Midian was so grateful. He gave his daughter Zipporah to him. To be his wife. Another thing I learned. When I began to trust in God. To walk in his ways. And turn my life over to him moses was pressing the issue before now moses is relaxing in god and allowing god to direct the steps and guess what he not only blesses you by keeping that anger under control but he also sees that new life and he starts to bless you in other ways i don't know that moses went there looking for a help me but god gave him one didn't he and a roof over his head and a place to grow and mature for the next 40 years for the task that he was going to set before him. So trust in God. If, if you're seeking for somebody. That soulmate. Trust that God's going to bring him. Quit trying to push the issue. Allow God to do his work. You just walk in him. Whatever it is that you've got in life. Allow God to be the one to guide you to that. And that's what I learned from Moses right here. That God's going to take care of me. So then. I think about this verse. Trust in the Lord lean not upon your own understanding but if in all your ways you will acknowledge him he will direct your paths allow god to direct the paths that you're going that's a promise that i'm going to put in my promise notebook that if i allow him he will direct my paths if i in all my ways acknowledge him so moses has a son by zipporah names gershon and in the process of time it says that the king the pharaoh of egypt died and someone else has taken the throne and it says there that god now is hearing the cries of his people back in egypt this last couple of weeks we've talked about in genesis how that all of these nations the canaanites the hivites the parasites the termites all of these ites that were over there how they've came from and what we've been studying about what god's going to do and he made a promise to abraham in chapter 15 that your people your seed is going to be going into egypt into that far country and they're going to be there 400 years because i'm going to give all of those ites a chance to repent of what they're doing but when the time is fully come when it's when their iniquity is fully aroused then i will release them now the time has come 40 years ago when Moses thought he was going to push the issue himself it wasn't time God's timing was 40 years later and now comes the time and God says I'm going to use you Moses it's time for you to step up and do what I've been preparing you for 40 years to do out in here and uh in chapter three then we find him he's out watering the flock he's out feeding the flock he's taking Jethro's flock out and taking care of him on the, by the mount of God. And it says that as he's doing that, he sees this bush burning over in the corner. Now, as a herdsman, you take notice because you don't want your sheep getting into that and getting hurt. So he takes notice that it's not spreading, it's not anywhere else but on this one bush. And as he continues to look at it, he's like, that bush isn't being consumed. It's not burning up. It's still staying there whole like it is. Now, me, you know what I'd have thought? I don't got to chop firewood this winter. If I get me one of those, it'll last all winter and burn, and I ain't got to do all that work. Well, he says, I'm interested in what's going on here. So he steps closer, and when he starts to get a little closer, this voice comes out of it, and it says it's God. And he says, Moses, Moses. He says, yes, Lord, I'm here. He said, Moses, take off your shoes. But the ground that you're walking on is holy. Where I am is holy ground. And I got some things that I want to share with you. He says, I I want to send you to Pharaoh. I want you to bring my people home. He's not going to want you to, and it's going to be a battle. Here he's going to be in a spiritual battle. I want you to be a warrior for me and go into Pharaoh's palace. And I want you to tell him that the God of Israel says, let my people go. Well, Moses, I got to start fast-forwarding here. That food's going to get cold. He's a lot like us. You know what? You know what Moses starts doing? Moses starts beginning to uh, complain, and he starts to make excuses why he can't do anything. And I pray that my daughter's not going to get mad at me for putting her on the spot here today. But he he starts he starts complaining. I can't do it. I don't talk good enough. I'm not eloquent. I'm not ready. I'm not your guy. Well, you know what? I've had a saying ever since 1979 when I was at Fort Gordon, Georgia and I had drill sergeants who came from the 15th Infantry that says can do. And can't is not a part of my vocabulary. You you don't say we can't do something around here. It is can do, drill sergeant. Do you understand me? Can do, drill sergeant. Can't. Never did anything. And so whenever I started coaching softball. When she was six years old. Toto's little girls. Can't. In the, I can't hit the ball. Yes you can. We're going to practice until you do. But I can't. Can't. Never did anything. It's can do. We can do it. I can't feel. Yes you can. I can't. Yes you can. And all the way through it was can't never did anything it's can do well that graduated into refuse to lose i've had that for about 20 years now it was on my cap on the back it this is the thing that goes on the back wraps around that little strap on the back that you adjust refuse to lose that was the model of can do and it's refuse to lose there's no way and you know, one year, and I, I still remembered it, I did a lot of remembering this week. There was time that we lost to our arch rivals in, in the regular season game. And uh, we had this same arch rivals. They were friend of ours, but they were arch rivals all the way through there. And my wife couldn't sleep at nights for two nights leading up to a game day between those guys. That's how this rivalry was. Uh, it was like Alabama and LSU last night. They, they had beat us, and we had practice the next week at the city park in Martinsville. And after practice, together, gathered all of those little girls around. They were probably 9 years old, 10 years old at the time. I think that was our 10 and under team. And I started talking to them, and you know I said? Don't worry about that loss you had this week. They were all kind of tucking their head. And I said, don't worry about it. You know why? They just looked at me. I said, because that wasn't the team that you are that was out there on the field. That was some different team. I don't know who it was, but it was someone different. I said, because you know why? And I looked at each one of them. I said, I chose every one of you to be on my team. Whenever we're there at that coaches meeting before the season, we get to choose who's there. And I would point at each one. I chose you because of this. I chose you because you are this. I chose you because you are this. And I said, the team that I chose wasn't out there on the field this last week. But I know that the next time we play them, that the team that I chose is going to show up. Next time we faced them was in the championship game. Guess what happened? The team that was chosen, that knew who they were and the purpose that they had been chosen for showed up and they won that game in a big way. And a couple of the parents was talking behind the dugout saying, I can't believe what just happened. I remember what happened the last time. And one of those little girls walked up to those parents and said, that's because the team that Daryl chose wasn't out on the field that day. He told us why he chose every one of us and that team showed up today. Now, don't think that your words and that hope doesn't mean something. Moses, God is choosing you for something to do. And it is can do, Lord, can do. There isn't, can God do everything? Yes or no? If God says, I will be with you forever and I am working through you, then why should we say, I can't do it? It is can do, Lord, I can do. This week, we're homeschooling my grandson. I'm the P.E. instructor. <laughs> we had P.E. right here in this building. Measured it off. Ten laps all the way down that, all the way down to the back, all the way up. Up the stairs, across, down, and back. Each lap is a tenth of a mile. I said, measured it off. I said, okay, buddy. We're going to do a mile and a half today. You know what I got? I got Moses. I can't. My legs hurt. My foot's hurting. I'm hungry. I'm going to get sick. I can't do that. In two minutes, I had more excuses. They came faster than winter came this year in the cold weather. And I said, and here's what I turned around I said, start walking. And we started walking. And I started telling him about when I was in the military it's can do you know why because if you get in a battle situation and in your mind you think you ain't gonna win then you're not gonna win your mind has to be in a set that I am going to do it I have been trained for this and I will prevail no matter what the cost that has to be your attitude and your mindset then I told him about that and then I told him about his mama and all those teams and what we did. And I said, "And so now from now on, guess what I want you to do? When I say you're going to do a mile and a half, it's can do, Grandpa can do." Well, that that went over like screen door on a submarine. But we kept doing it. And I kept prodding him just like God had to do. He told Moses, Moses said, "I can't talk. I can't do this." You know what God told him? He said, Well, then I'm going to send Aaron with you. I'll let Aaron do the talking for you. All you got to do is stand there, but you're going to go. But you know what? By the time we got done, I didn't even tell him. We did 16 laps, so we did 1.6 miles. He exceeded the one and a half miles by a tenth and did an extra lap. And then I told him, see, it is can do. You can do what you set your mind to do. Now, Moses, you get in the saddle, and you say, can do, Lord, can do, and you go. And I'm going to provide you someone to stand beside of you and talk. We're going to find out one of these days that... Moses, that was the worst thing you could have done to him. You know why? Because Moses was an eloquent speaker. He was trained in the palace of Pharaoh for 40 years growing up. He was a brilliant man. And to have Aaron, his brother, who wasn't quite so up to his standards, to do the speaking for him, you'll find out as we go through Exodus that a little bit later, he pushes Aaron aside, and he starts doing the talking, just just like God knew he could do. God said, I'm the one that made the mouth. Who do you think is going to... I made I made your eyes, I made your ears. Who do you think made all that? If I tell you you can do it, you can do it. And that's what I want you guys to know today and take from that. It's can do. If you set your mind to it, and if it's scriptural, and God says you can do it, you can do it. And I can be an overcomer. I want to trade the obstacles for overcoming and getting past those I want to be an overcomer for God so it's can do it's hard to soar like an eagle if you're down with the chickens you know that bill I've raised some chickens before and you know what chickens do they look at the ground they they're peck. they're like that they don't see the enemy usually you have to have a rooster watching around and running and giving a command because them chickens is all doing that eagles soar and look for their prey from above they don't eat stuff off the ground differences do you want to be an eagle or do you want to be a chicken toss that i can't out and put i can in and it's can do lord i can do it i can do it we had to talk about that today didn't we i can do it where am i at okay moses you can do it you know why because god says this i have not given to you the spirit of fear i've given you the spirit of power of love and a sound mind that's what we have we don't have a can't do attitude so now stir up the gift that's within you and get busy so now god's gotten angry with moses says up here in verse 14 of chapter 4 of our text that he got real angry with him because he wasn't listening and he was making those excuses and and giving them up so long story short he ended up going he told his father-in-law that he had to take off and they move on off and they go into Israel or go into Egypt and he stands before Pharaoh and he says the God of Israel says let my people go they need to come and to worship me Pharaoh says who is this God of Israel I don't know him who do you think you are coming into my palace and saying something like that I refuse to let them go and you see God had given Moses a little bit of help to get on his way because he had told him back there at that burning bush what's that in your hand and he said well it's a rod he said yeah I want you to throw that rod down he threw it down and all of a sudden that rod turned into a serpent didn't it to a snake you know what the symbol of egypt is snake cobra have you ever seen all of those crowns that they wore that has the little snake head on the top that's the that's the cobra head that's one of their gods and he says he started to run away from it. he said no 40 years ago you ran from the cobra now you're going to go back and pick that cobra up with my help you go over there and grab that tail of that snake and he grabbed the tail and it turned back into a rod and he said see you're going to go back over there and with my help you're going to take command of the situation so now he's standing before there and he pharaoh says i don't know your god he ain't nothing to me so you guys get out of here and he says oh no so he goes back they get to talk and said here's what we're going to do moses that Pharaoh, he likes to go and take a bath every morning down at the Nile. I want you to take Aaron and give him that rod. And I want you to go down there to the Nile River. And when you see him come out, I want you to say this in front of him. That that God of Israel that you just said you didn't know, you're going to learn to know him. Because he's going to turn right here in your sight, this Nile River. Not only that, the ponds, the streams, even the standing water in your houses, in the pitchers, He's going to turn it to blood. And you ain't going to drink for seven days. So they go out there. Sure enough, next morning, Pharaoh comes out to take his bath. They're standing on the other side of the Nile. And they said, that God of Israel is going to show you something right now because of the hardness of your heart. He's going to turn this river to blood. And Aaron stretched out the rod in his hand and he struck that river. And everything in Egypt turned to blood, even in their houses if you was taking a bath at that time boom that's what it was they was trying to dig in the ground to find fresh water but Pharaoh's heart was hardened he still wouldn't turn he wouldn't repent he wouldn't know the God of Israel so now we come up to the second plague second plague guess what the second plague is frogs remember I started out the with the lesson was saying be thinking about this all the way through. Why would you want to spend another night with the frogs? Okay? This time that plagues over, God tells Moses and Aaron to go back again, and this time I want you to tell him, "Let my people go or I'm going to bring frogs upon you." And I'm not talking about one here or there. You know whenever this this uh summer we had a frog in our garage. Got a little nightlight over here and some boxes that frog would hide behind the boxes every day and at night when the nightlight come on i got a picture of him he sits underneath that nightlight waiting for the bugs every night he lived right there one little bitty frog i can take care of thousands of them all over the place i don't think so but you know i'm like pharaoh if he said well, i'm going to send frogs your way i'm thinking. Frogs ain't vicious. They don't just put fear and trembling within me. I mean, as a kid, I'd pick them things up. About the the most vicious thing with the frog was something I'd heard as a kid. Whenever I was playing with them, Mama said, "Don't let it pee on you because it'll make a wart on your hand." So you know what I did? I'd grab them little boogers by their little rib bones right here, and pick them up gently like that. So if he did happen to pee, he's not getting on me, and I'm not going to have no warts. But frogs didn't put fear and trembling in me, just like they didn't know Pharaoh. But now, he says, I'm not letting your people go. So Aaron's rod came down again, and frogs, frogs, frogs everywhere. They went. I can just imagine what happened later that night. Miss Pharaoh climbs into bed. She's like, get your feet on your side. They're cold and clammy. He's my feet's over here, woman. I don't know what you're talking about. Pull up the cover. Ah! Frogs everywhere. Hundreds of them. He, he climbs out and puts his foot in the slippers and squish all over them toes. You know them sugar smacks, that, that frog that's, that's like the little emblem on them? He's in the box. He's not on the front. He's inside. Your Rice Krispies, you put milk on it. It's going to go snap, crack on croak. It says that they're everywhere. They're in the refrigerator. They're in the pantry. They're going to be in. God said I'm going to put them in your bedroom. I'm going to put them in your clothes. I'm going to put them in your kneading bowls. I'm going to put them in your fridge. I'm going to put them everywhere that you got. And there was thousands and thousands and thousands of frogs everywhere. He calls for Moses to come. And Moses and Aaron shows up. And he says. I entreat you to go to your Lord and entreat him to take away these frogs from from away from us and my people he said then if you do tell him i'll let the people go he said moses said okay since you have said that i'm going to give you the honor it says there in that verse i'll give you the honor of naming the time and the date so that you will know that god did it and it didn't just happen on its own and you know what pharaoh says what's it say see that up there, verse 10 so he said tomorrow tomorrow why would you if you have the honor of naming the time that the frogs go away would you say tomorrow why would you want to spend another night with the frogs then i stopped and think how many times if there's something i need to do or something i need to change that it's always tomorrow i'm going to start that tomorrow i'll do that tomorrow but i got to just give into it one more time today but tomorrow i swear no we think like tomorrow just like we think on can'ts don't we and no i'll take the frogs away tomorrow tell him to do it tomorrow i'll spend another night with the frogs i'm begging of you stop with that if there's something that you know that you want to change or you want to do or how you want to glorify god don't put it off till tomorrow start doing it today if if that was me and you we say I would have told God like yesterday, so as quick as possible, get rid of these things. But no, most of us when it comes to personal, just like it was personal to him, we say tomorrow. And I think that's why the Lord put that in there for us. Not to rely upon tomorrow. It's not promised to anyone. Rely upon today and do it today. And when you do it, it's can do, Lord. We can do this. Now, Paul... As the worship team comes on up. Paul stood before Agrippa in Acts chapter 26. And he preached unto him Jesus Christ. And him crucified. And resurrected by the glory of God. And you know what Agrippa said to Paul after that? He said, almost thou hast persuaded me to become a Christian. Almost you've persuaded me to know him and become a Christian a Christian. And it says he turned and went away and we never read again in the scriptures that that tomorrow ever came for Agrippa. I pray that that doesn't happen with anyone here that if you don't know the Lord today's the day of salvation not tomorrow not next week not some other time today is the day. There's an old song that I used to sing where I used to be at and it goes like this, almost persuaded. Any of you know that song? Yeah. It goes like this. Now, I'm not a singer, but it says, almost persuaded now to believe. Almost, if you know it, sing with me, persuaded Christ to receive. Almost cannot avail. Almost is but to fail. Sad, sad that bitter wail. Almost but lost. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for your son and what he did on that cross for us and that you give us that free gift to make a decision you give us the honor to make a decision for or for against just like you gave pharaoh a choice of win and gave him that honor you give us that freedom of choice i pray that nobody leaves here today saying tomorrow if they've not named christ and if there are those who say you know what, I need to change some of these things in my life. I pray that it's today and not tomorrow. I pray that they leave here with the can-do attitude that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can. So Father, thank you for putting these examples of forgiveness, of purpose, of drive, of your power and of your grace in these scriptures for us To be used today for our life and to give us faith just like he told moses so that you might believe i did this you will throw down that rod in front of them and it will turn into a serpent it will do these things that i tell you so that they might believe that there's the god of israel and he's true and living god i pray father that these words of yours will put it into these hearts today to fully believe that you are the only true and living God and that you control our steps when we walk in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen.